Life Audio. This week has been a heavy one, but like I said earlier in the week, I'm not sorry because there's a lot of things that we need to get if we're going to work through some of the areas of our lives that need healing. So this episode is just a wrap-up that kind of shares a little bit of my heart and what was going on in my own life as I wrote this chapter. I, I pray it blesses you. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hi friends, welcome to week five of the She Hears Bible Study. This past week, you spent some time learning about Martha and if you've heard me talk at all about this Bible study on podcasts or interviews or anything like that, um, one of the things that you will hear me say is that Martha was the hardest chapter for me to write. Martha became um, very symbolic of my own relationship with Christ. And you will probably pick up on it a little bit through the pages of the Bible study, but the story of Martha and her relationship with Jesus is something that the Lord really used to speak healing into my life. And so I thought I would share a little bit today about some of the things that the Lord did with me in order to encourage you and and maybe help you see the ways that God can work through her story in your own life. I'm going to go ahead and start um, there's, and read some of the scripture and I think there's two passages of scripture that we study when we're talking about Martha. And for the purpose of our Bible study for throughout this week, it's a passage in John. But I'm going to back up and I'm going to refer to uh, the passage that we often think about when we're thinking about Martha and her sister Mary and Lazarus, the sibling set. So I'm going to read um, just this, this first portion. It says, Now as they were traveling along, he entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary, who was also seated at the Lord's feet and was listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do the serving by myself? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. That is typically the passage that we study when we're talking about Martha, and that is something that goes around church circles a lot. I mean, people even say, are you more of a Mary or more of a Martha? And uh, that is what I had studied in the past when it comes to, to Martha. When I had heard her name, that's what immediately came to mind. And so we're studying a different passage this week, but I think it's important to remind ourselves 
of the posture of the relationship, both between the sisters um, and, and Lazarus, the sibling set, and then with Jesus. You know, in my own life, I really was a Martha for a very long time. I think I did not intentionally set out to feel this way, but in my own life, I was running a lot of busy ministries. I was doing a lot of things and there was always work to be done. And it wasn't that I didn't want to be a Mary. I did. I just had so much going on that I didn't have the time. If even in my own life, if I wanted to sit down and just read the word and study the word, um, well, there's two things going on. Number one, I really like to study the word, not just read, you know, a couple sentences. I want to really study it. And so I tend to have this all or nothing mentality where I would try to get everything else done so then I could fit in my study time. And, you know, that never works. And then also number two, there was a lot of things depending on me between my family commitments, ministry commitments, all sorts of things. I was running all these programs, doing all these different ministries. I had to prepare so much for all the different things that I was teaching throughout the week that I really didn't have time to sit down and read for myself. So I just kind of gleaned whatever from whatever I was teaching that week for, from that curriculum. And so what ended up happening is um, I would set up these situations for other people to receive from Jesus. But I was the one that was running around, you know, preparing things, getting things ready. And I couldn't stop long enough to actually receive from Jesus myself because if I did, everything would fall apart. And, you know, that would happen all the time where even some of my volunteers would be, you know, just caught up in the moment with whatever God was doing. And I would feel like, okay, tell them to help me. You know, it was just this situation where I always felt like I was the only one doing the majority of the work. And so I came out of a busy ministry season like that at the beginning of the pandemic. And so what ended up happening for me is God used that time, that quarantine time to uh, write this book. But more than that, to really sit down and just be in the presence of Jesus and it wasn't until God took away all of those ministries. I mean, I was doing sidewalk Sunday school and bus ministry and, um, you know, children's ministry and food pantry and all sorts of things on top of our missions program that we run. I, it was when all that stuff was taken away. That's when I was able to recognize and see, okay, I have been neglecting a portion of my relationship with God for far too long. And I have to start not listening to everything that's out here and start only listening to him and what he's saying right here. And it was a huge perspective shift for me, but one that was so necessary. And I went through what I called my, or I still call my season of hiddenness. After being in very public ministry for a very long time, God put me in just this season of being hidden away from the world. We all did, really. I mean, in, in a lot of ways. But for me, it was such a difference from how I normally lived my life and how I normally served God. I was still serving God, teaching on Zoom and um, writing curriculum and resourcing discipleship materials globally to global leaders. I was still doing a lot for the kingdom, but it was from my office or from my kitchen table uh, alone, um, you know, without all the public face-to-face -face interaction that I was used to. And so it was a different season for me where I really had more time to hear from the Lord. And I started really reading through um, the book of Elijah and learning about the prophet Elijah and how there was different seasons in his life where God hid him. He was hidden by a river 
where um, God sent ravens to feed him. And um, I have another podcast, I think, uh, if you want to hear more about that. But it was a way that Elijah didn't expect. It was a way that God had not operated in his life before. And it was a way that God could meet his needs in a supernatural way so that he could just rest and kind of be hidden. And then, and he was also hidden in the cave. And um, really, I think the difference between being hidden and hiding is something that, that that we could unpack if we had more time. But I wasn't hiding from God and I wasn't hiding from people. God was hiding me. And I really think that was to give me a season of rest. And so when I came out of that, um, it was in the process of writing this chapter and I started to understand, uh, like the prophet Elijah, uh, God wasn't in the earthquake and he wasn't in the fire and he wasn't in the wind. He was in the still small voice. And that still small voice, we can only hear when we quiet our hearts and we sit down to listen. So that's really where I was at when I was writing um, about the story of Martha. And so I want to go ahead and read to you um, the passage that we're studying this week so you have it fresh in your mind. But just to remind you that thinking back to the passage I just read, Martha is not loved for what she does. She's loved for who she is. And the same thing is true for you. That's one thing that we hit hard this week on the study, that you are not loved for all the, the things that you're doing. I almost say crazy things, but they're not crazy because obviously there's some amazing things that you all are doing. And even the things I was doing, it wasn't crazy. My my schedule was crazy. Um, but I was. they were all good things. They, they were just different than the best thing. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll continue our conversation about Martha. Stay tuned. So I'm going to read John chapter 11, remembering that Mary is loved for who she is, not what she does. And verse 1 through 44, which this is a little bit of a longer passage this week, but I think it's important that we revisit it in its entirety. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. And it was the Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So the sisters sent word to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard this, he said, This sickness is not meant for death, but is for the glory of God, so the Son of God may be glorified by it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, then he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let's go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and yet you were going there again, Jesus replied. And there are not 12 hours, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks during the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks during the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. This he said, and after this, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going to go so I'm going so that I may awaken him from sleep. The disciples then said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will come out of it. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about actual sleep. So Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus died, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, so that you may believe, but let's go to him. Therefore, Thomas, who was called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, Let's also go so that we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he found he had already been in the tomb for four days. That's the important part, four days. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about 15 stadia away. It's about two miles. 
And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. So then Martha, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise from the dead. Martha said to him, I know he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, he who comes into the world. When she had said this, she called and left Mary, her sister, saying secretly, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard this, she got up quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were there, who were with her in the house, were consoling her. When they saw Mary had gotten up quickly and left, they followed her, thinking that she was going to the tomb to weep there. So when Mary came to the place where Jesus was, she saw him and fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews were saying, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could this man be, who, could this man who opened the eyes of the man who was blind not also have kept this man from dying? So Jesus again, being deeply moved within, came to the tomb. Now it was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, remove the stone. Martha, the sister of the deceased, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, but I knew that you always hear me. Nevertheless, because of the people standing around, I said it so that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Out came the man who had died, bound hand and foot with wrappings, and his face was wrapped around with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. I think as I read those words, the thing that comes across so passionately is the love that Jesus had for this family. The way that he was moved with emotion and compassion is, is evident. Um, and, I, and I, I feel like sometimes we lose sight of the humanity of Jesus and the reality of his emotions. Being fully man and fully God, he experienced many of the same emotions that we have now. And... Martha is in a situation where, and I love this part, she feels comfortable enough in her relationship with Jesus to complain to him. And I think that's so important because what we are tempted to do sometimes is to go to God when it, we feel it's safe, but yet we hold back some of those negative emotions that almost feel too wrong to even share with him. We're actually going to end our conversation here today and pick up tomorrow in a part two. I pray this episode has been a blessing for you and I will be praying for you as you ponder the things we talked about today. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, I know I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, which helps you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. 
I include lots of cultural and historical information, and it really makes these familiar passages of scripture just come alive. This is a great study to do on your own, to do with some girlfriends or even some teenage girls, and it will help you really gain the confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. You can find that on my resources page at shehears.org, where there are also some really good resources to help you in your spiritual growth. I pray that they are a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.